Hello, my name is Andrew Denny, and I welcome you back to Couture and Construction, a weekly podcast featuring conversations with talented, prominent guests to shed light on the stories behind the scenes of luxury build and design. This week, we're back for the launch of Season 4, and we're joined by Donna Gilliam, principal of Donna Gilliam Interiors, based here in Nashville. Episode 60, Empowering the Black Design Community with Donna Gilliam. In honor of Black History Month, we're focusing on learning how to better serve and empower minority communities and transform this learning into lasting action. Leading black designers and urban planners share their thoughts on how the design world can better support the BIPOC community. Our guest today is Donna Gilliam of Donna Gilliam Interiors, an award-winning full-service interior design firm creating exceptional, high-functioning residential, commercial, and hospitality designs. Donna most recently led the interior design for the National Museum of African American Music, which, as just a side note, is a true feather in the cap of Nashville, Tennessee. It's a very exciting thing for our for our town. Uh, and she also designed the new Slim and Huskies Fifth and Broadway location, which is the first black-owned business on Broadway. In September, Donna was awarded the Gold Award for Excellence in Design from the American Society of Interior Designers. Passionate about the arts, Donna is a current member of the Metro Nashville Public Arts Committee, where she served as chair of the Artist Selection Panel for the Lending Arts Library in 2020. This year, she will take the helm as co-chair of the Artclectic Arts Festival produced by the University School of Nashville. When she's not busy managing her design firm, Donna relishes time spent with her family. She shares their forever home, which is beautiful. She designed and built with her husband, active teen daughter, and adorable Brittany Spaniel, which lends her firsthand knowledge of how to design livable spaces for busy households. Donna, thanks so much for joining us. Um, could not be more happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. You know, yeah. I love talking to you. And well, I love talking <laughs> to you. And uh, I wish y'all could see how pretty Donna looks. Oh. <laughs> her ensemble on a gray winter day is very happy. Um, so she you. looks great. Well, again, thanks so much. This is an important topic. And, uh, you know, I want to just start our conversation by understanding a little bit more about how you... Uh, began in this industry and what's led to this point in your career. So would you mind sharing just kind of how it all started and, and what that journey has looked like? Absolutely. Well, interior design, for those of you who don't know, is my third profession. <laughs> <laughs> I've worn many hats in my day. I started out as a professional actor. Uh, I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and after graduating from MTSU, I moved to Los Angeles, California to pursue my dreams fun. as an actor. Yes, yeah, so it was great. And um, I'd say midway through that journey, I realized I like to eat and shop <laughs> and I like good credit. So <laughs> what's plan B? And uh, that was going back to school and um, pursuing my graduate studies at Cal State Los Angeles in performance and arts administration, nonprofit management. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So I did uh, nonprofit management for almost 10 years, mm. and my last foray was with the Experience Music Project, which is mm. a 
multi-million dollar music museum founded by the late Paul Allen. He was, oh, wow. Yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, co-founder yeah, of Microsoft, yeah. the late co-founder of mm-hmm. Microsoft. And that building was built by uh, Frank Gehry. So oh, it's wow. amazing. Wow. Oh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. But I wasn't in design at the time. I was um, on the startup team as uh, their uh, and I led their sponsorship efforts. Oh, how cool. So, so uh, I've just got to ask you, did sure. that, if you looked back now, did that building inspire you maybe? I mean. You know, not really. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so weird. Like, yeah, I bet. Yeah, if you've seen, it's just like oh, yeah. melded yeah. metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, what really inspired me was my travels mm. to uh, Italy. Mm. And it really started in Hawaii at a hotel oh, wow. that we uh, stay in oh, there, how fun. and I couldn't get over the textures and the the fabrics and the textiles that they use. The rugs. It, it was um, at Manelli Bay in uh, Lanai, Hawaii. And we'd neat. go there every year because we lived in Seattle, so we were searching for sun. And that would be like a, a three hour flight, right? Uh, it was actually six. Oh, so still long, it still but it wasn't long. like flying from Nashville to Hawaii. Exactly. So we've only been once since I relocated. Oh, back that's here. cool. That's cool. But uh, yeah, so that that really sparked my my interest in design. And um, when I was at the Experience Music Project, I realized if I could raise millions for the second richest man in the world, <laughs> I. I might be able to do this for myself. So, so, so I started, started asking myself, what could I do until I'm 70 or 80 and, you know, yeah, work for myself. <laughs> so I, I, I love to garden, love being out in the garden. So I said, maybe landscape designer, mm, architecture, mm. love interiors, love mm. interior architecture, so I signed up for a class at Bellevue College, mm. an intro to interior design class. In Bellevue, Washington. In Bellevue, Washington. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> it, was, it was a fluffing pillow. I was like, oh, my God. This is not what I expected. I think I got a B plus. You know? <laughs> it was harder than grad school. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like, you know. So I said, okay, I'm not going to let that discourage me. So I took another class. <laughs> All the while, I'm still working at EMP, mm-hmm. right? And then after a few classes and staying up really late at night, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to make that leap. This is mm. what I want to do. So, How cool. Mm-hmm. How cool. Yeah. So that's been a while. So did your career then start out West or did it, mm-hmm. did you, when you relocated here, did it start? No, no. I started my first design company uh, in Seattle, Washington. So after I, um, while I was in school, you know, I, I had a really nice job, like mm-hmm. I said, with mm-hmm. EMP. You know, yeah. when you work well funded, very, very, very well funded. I was probably one of the highest paid fundraisers in town. Okay, great benefits. So yeah, was, yeah. Um, so my husband was like, what, "What do you mean you're gonna?" You know, and so anyway, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, you know, I can't take a total haircut. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to being. This is my third time in school, grade, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go back to being a student. I'm not really interested in that uh, that kind of lifestyle. So I started interviewing within the industry, just mm-hmm. informational interviews, talking with people. And I met a lovely uh, woman at Ethan Allen. Oh, cool. Yeah, just went and sat down and had an information. She's dynamic, mm. dynamic sales. Mm. And I guess she saw something in me and she said, well, hey, why don't you come work here while you're in design school? Because they had an excellent training program back mm-hmm. then. You know, they were the world's largest furniture mm-hmm. manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still love their stuff. Well, and it's, it's very well made, and you yeah. learn it's what's so good, good looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they and they also take you through the sales process mm-hmm. or 
the design process mm-hmm. and how to lead a client through. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's probably it's foundational. The, oh, foundational. Mm-hmm. You know, because you need to know how to do that. Sure. You can have a, a gorgeous design, but if you can't execute it and communicate it, you know, and sell it, then you're not going to be you know, so good. Yeah, you're not going. You're going to be hungry. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to be sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, I I ended up working there a little over two years. I became one of their top uh, designers within the region and just learned a whole lot. And um, but I had to. to to stop so that I could finish design school. Otherwise, I would have been there until I was 50, you know, going part-time. So I stopped working at Ethan Allen and went to design school, finished. And then when I graduated, I launched my first design firm, which was All Things Beautiful, and um, went out on my own and reached out to my former clients with Ethan Allen. And one client in particular said, where in the world have you been? We are getting ready to build a Multi-million dollar home. Oh, help me. Nice. Yes, very nice, right? That's really good. It was really good. For now, uh, so I've got to ask you a quick question, uh-huh. and this is just how my brain works. Uh-huh. So today, if we were going to reach out, we'd send out an email blast or something on Instagram. How did you reach out to all your clients then? I sent them a letter. I bet. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah, and it was yeah. on a letterhead, yeah. so I looked yeah. legit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is my first time yeah. out there Yeah, your own, sta- right? new stationary package. Right, and, right, yeah. right. Yep. Spent yep. all that yep. money. Mm-hmm. And... And I got the calls back. Yeah. And um, then I, I worked on that project, and their contractor really liked me. So then he referred me to a bigger project. Really? And then it just grew from there. And and so, I, yeah, I got into to doing a lot of ground-up construction. I also worked for Clive Christian. Yes. Yeah, and I did an apprenticeship with them. Wow. And, and yeah, so it helped with the foundation of, of – my work with kitchens and baths. So, oh wow! Yeah, that was what that recent design award was for. Oh, how cool! Ooh, how cool! Mm-hmm. So how? So you're have a startup design firm mm-hmm. in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. It's showing a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. How'd you get back to Nashville? Then I had a little girl late in life. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. A, a gift. Uh, it was a beautiful <laughs> yeah, gift, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it was a gift for three months, mm-hmm. and they were like, congratulations. And I said, for what? Oh, can I have a beautiful little baby? I was like, oh, my goodness. Yes, how exciting. <laughs> I had to get used to it. <laughs> but she's awesome. She's 15 now. Oh, that's and great. We were actually um, thinking about leaving the Seattle area just because of the weather, mm-hmm. really. We mm-hmm. had been there quite a while, 13 Yeah, it's probably years. give you that seasonal... Uh, See, what I did a seasonal yeah. effectiveness yeah. disorder. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. had that, yeah. exactly. That's, I swear, even here, <laughs> it gets like that on days like today yeah. or the last two weeks. So imagine nine months like Mm-mm. today. Mm-mm. And so, yeah, so then we decided um, to relocate closer to family. We moved back here. So is your husband from here as well? No, he's from the Bay Area. He's oh, from wow. Northern California. So we okay. looked in Northern yeah. California, yep. we looked in Texas, and we landed on Nashville. Oh, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Yeah. So you get back here, mm-hmm. and you continue with your with your company. Not right away. Not right away. Mm-hmm. You take some time off to raise some, To baby. raise Claire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, she was only one, and mm-hmm. I didn't have my vendors. I value good relationships with my vendors and my subs because at the time I would project manage all of my projects and uh, it was important. So I just said, well, let's take this opportunity for me to design my forever home. Mm -hmm. And through that process, I could meet great vendors. Mm -hmm. And that's how I met you. That's how we came. That's how we came together. That's right. That's right. 
What year would have that been? Gosh, that was um, eight over eight years ago. So oh, going on so nine years ago, 2014. Wow. wow. Yeah. That was a while ago, huh? Seems like yesterday. Though. I know. It really does. It really does. So, so you took the time to, to, and your house is gorgeous. You took that time. Did you learn anything? Did you did you stop doing anything that you were doing in, in Seattle? And when you started again here, did you do anything different? Or, or was it just what was new? I don't know. You know what was new? It was a lot harder here. Mm. Seattle, mm. we had an amazing design center. Mm-hmm. I was spoiled. Mm-hmm. I had... Everything at my fingertips. Mm-hmm. So I had to get used to, okay, how do I source mm-hmm. at the same level? So I had to begin traveling to ADAC and learning that market. Or sure. I would fly to Chicago because it's really easy to do. And so that was that was what was new for me. Um, and That's just, huge. It, it was huge. It, That's huge. Was, you know, so but now, had, now we have the National Design Collective, which isn't massive, but it gives you or it would give another designer – an opportunity to do some unique things here. It would have made, if this was here 10 years ago, your life would have been, your transition would have been a little bit easier probably. It would have been. And, 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 and to be fair, um, being in the industry, uh, longer the longer you're there the vendors come to you mm-hmm. you know i have great relationships mm-hmm. but i don't have to go to the design yeah, center yeah, now yeah, yeah. although i do i still yeah, yeah. travel there three four times a year mm-hmm. but you know they make regular visits you know on a bi-monthly basis sure, so, sure, so it's sure. great and now i have an established library mm-hmm, built mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so it's okay it worked out so over the last seven eight years mm-hmm. donna gilliam interiors has really done some special things mm-hmm. If you had a look at that from a chronological perspective, what um, what do you think's changed in our market? Mm. I think we have uh, a more discerning market. Mm. Mm. People are excited when you say, you know, I want to come in and, and create a portfolio design worthy, mm. you know, of your home. I want your kitchen to be an award winning design. They go, yes. <laughs> it used to be. Oh, they'll pull out a pottery barn. Nothing against yeah, pottery yeah, barn. Yeah, yeah. But they want the pottery barn look or they mm-hmm. want the look that their friend has. Yeah. But now people are becoming or embracing their originality. And I don't know if it's because we are having an influx of people moving here from all over. It's so interesting because we see the same thing. And I think that it's, you know, exposure. We mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. have been exposed to things that we didn't even know you know, existed. Yes. And, um, and then I think the influx of people that has impacted the overall style has certainly contributed to that mm-hmm. because, it, you know, a question I would have from you is I've always assumed, and it, I've somewhat confirmed my assumption just with the evolution of design, the West coast design is very different than what we have here. Oh, and it, and it's, I don't know that it's better or worse, but it's very different. Mm -hmm. And I would certainly say it's probably a little bit more contemporary. Yes, it is. And, you know, we're seeing that here now. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that style here, and it's really, really cool. But you were probably exposed to that way earlier. Oh, yes. I mean, mean, contemporary design was 
was what I did, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily. Say, but then again, though, I worked for Clive Christian, Christian yeah, which is yeah. the most gooey mm-hmm, of design mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. is, very traditional. Yeah. And being from here, I think I have that, in, that influence from, mm-hmm. from both, both areas, yeah. right? So it kind of makes me a little unique, yeah. you know, I could. Unicorn. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am the unicorn. Yeah, yeah. I, unicorn I mean, that's because that's a neat perspective, mm-hmm. like especially – yeah. So. Yeah, I'm working on a condo downtown. Uh, it's a client that I had done her townhome for. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a single executive mm-hmm. and was very traditional. She was an early client mm-hmm. here, and now she's downsizing. Has this view mm-hmm. condo downtown, and she wants to go totally contemporary. <laughs> and I'm like, Do you really? Do you really? And I think she thinks she does. Mm-hmm. So we're melding the two. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's soft contemporary, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. No, totally, yeah, totally. So. Fresh and it's, not heavy. And not heavy. Yeah, yeah. And not heavy. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Where so. there's elements. I love that <laughs> straddling. It's so funny, and I'd be remiss not to do this. So one of the huge influences on my love for this industry, and this will sound so funny, comes out of Seattle. Oh. And it's actually from the television show Frasier. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I was always in love and enamored with the interior design of that set, mm-hmm. but I was just, I just always thought it was so cool. So it's funny that, wow. um, that was actually a big influence on me. I always thought, wow, that is so cool. Somebody created that and the fireplace with the, you know, mm-hmm. this and that, and then the old chair, you mm-hmm. know, for the, the handicapped dad to sit in, the disabled, <laughs> uh, dad to sit in. So, um, Okay. So um, that's fascinating. Very, very uh, cool to hear your background. So we're here uh, in celebration of uh, uh, Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know, Donna is black. (laughs) And um, this is this is a podcast. So uh, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about this. So, Donna, in your opinion, how can the design world better support the black and minority community? Shucks. This question could have been posed to just about every other major industry in America. And the interior design industry is no different. Mm. So in my opinion, I think we should start by asking, what will the design community do better to support black minorities? Otherwise, we'll just be talking about this same issue forever. Mm-hmm. Not what can we do, but, but what are we going to do? What mm. will we do? So I think the change starts at the top, mm. you know, with the major furniture manufacturers, uh, the media conglomerates, mm. you know, who publish the shelter magazines, sure. you know. Um, and when I say the top, I'm talking about the corporate boards. Yeah. Way at the top because that's where it stems, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where the tone is set. So, you know, I think if we don't start there, it's it's really kind of difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's not going to it's not going to go from the bottom up. Mm -mm. It needs to come from the top down. Yeah. To help shape the corporate policy. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, I think we could, you know, start by building a more diverse work environment. Mm hmm. You know, um, again, they must make sure that people of color are part of the hiring and the editorial decision making process, you know, to influence those hires, mm-hmm. because people usually hire who they're comfortable with, who mm-hmm. they've been around. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, um, 
people who look like them. Mm-hmm. But we've got to get beyond that. And um, and the way we do it is we bring people to the table, you know, who look like the audience that we're trying to cultivate. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, I think that is really um, powerful because in thinking through where we are in an industry, it's uh, certainly driven from the top down. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at the influences and trends, mm-hmm. they don't start, you know, locally and, and spread out. They really are somewhat fed to us. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, your point and specifically boards mm-hmm. and hiring panels, mm-hmm. um, there's gotta be more influence. Uh, and uh, I think that's really a very interesting perspective because I don't know that we see it. And, and what's interesting is, and and we were kind of talking about this pre-show is the fact that the black community has had such an impact Mm -hmm. on so many creative things Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. Okay. So music arts, you name it, the creativity is there, but it's not, very well represented in a very creative field, interior design. You're absolutely right. And, and I don't think that our issue is just unique to interior design. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're in the middle of playoff season. Yeah. So let's take football for Mm -hmm. an example. Mm -hmm. It's a frivolous industry to me. It's Mm -hmm. entertainment, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you have what? 80% of the players are black but you can only find one black coach in the whole NFL. That's interesting. And I wonder how many black team owners there are. Oh, was, yeah. I don't know if there are in it. What maybe one or a half owner. I don't know. I don't know that, but I'm just saying, so if if we're having that issue, when the majority industry is is virtually all black, right. But you can't find in a leadership capacity, but only one or two coaches at a time. So just imagine you flip that over into the interior design sector, which has never been diversified when it comes to workers or anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's so very, very interesting. Yeah, very, because, very interesting. I mean, in ASID, which I'm a member of, the American mm-hmm. Society of Interior Designers, I think their most recent um, survey, I think we only have 2% um, of our membership is black. That's really amazing. Yeah, and I think... Nationwide, they're only what, it was about four percent wow. African American designers. So wow. why is that? Wow, you know. Do you think it could potentially be um, related to socioeconomic? Absolutely. What that and systemic racism, mm-hmm. and they both play off mm-hmm. of each other. I mean, you know the the economic uh, discrepancies mm-hmm. that we face mm-hmm. are inherent. Yeah, because probably you know. many and and you know what's interesting, probably not a lot of black people grew up with an interior designer that did their home. Probably, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably not probably. Isn't that probably? It's, yeah, it'd be few and far between. Well, pro- most white folks, yeah, think exactly, grow up with yeah. an inter- yeah. interior designer doing their mm-hmm. home. It's a luxury, yeah, right. And you need a nice budget in order to get 
quality service. Mm-hmm. You know, it's changed, of course, with HGTV. Yeah, sure. Think, but sure. we're talking on the level in which mm-hmm. we make our living, mm-hmm. right? Luxury. It's a luxury. Yeah. And so, so we have to look at it for that reason. But okay, so it is a luxury. We've mm-hmm. defined that. There are uh, designers of color who work in the luxury market. Mm-hmm. Why is their presence not as prominent as the is their counterparts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really very, very an interesting question. Yeah. So, it in your opinion would mm-hmm. be boiled down to probably socioeconomic um, and systemic, just culture. It's mm-hmm. just kind of the way it's always been. Unfortunately, um, yeah, yeah. So that is a great segue to our next topic. So how do we better engage and encourage the next generation of uh, BIPOC for all of our listeners that don't know what that acronym means? It's Black and Indigenous People of Color Designers. So how do we lean into that uh, next generation of uh, Black and minority designers? How do we help? Uh, them go. Because again, sitting here having this conversation, what's striking is to me the juxtaposition of we work in a creative industry. Mm-hmm. Black people have had an amazing impact on, on and have done so many creative things. But when we talk about interiors, that's, that's not necessarily top of top of mind mm-hmm. there. There should be, in my opinion, more, black representation in interior design. Mm -hmm. I mean, just. Yeah. I think one of the things that we can do to help this generation and the next generation is first of all, lose the labels. Okay. And, and take us out of a box, you know, BIPOC is a good example. What did, you know, when I first (laughs) heard that term, I had to look it up. Like, what is that? You know, it, who created that word? Donna and I had a, had a good chuckle at the beginning of this because we both looked at each other and and uh, I, I have wonderful help. But I, I was stumped and Donna shared with me what BIPOC meant. And your point is, Donna is an interior designer who happens to be black, but she's not a black interior designer. Yeah, you know, and, and I think when we start uh, to label people or put them in in a box it it creates this sense that uh black designers only want to work with black clients Mm -hmm. or we can only work with black clients Mm -hmm. when good designers love to any opportunity to design Mm -hmm. right and we look for you know any client who's you know our client Mm -hmm. who, who aligns with our design philosophy to work with. Mm. But I think that's one of the ways that we could start changing the narrative. Mm. I like that a lot. You know, Um, I guess another thing I'd like to say about the younger generation, they're really on it. They're savvy. Mm -hmm. They're technologically savvy. Mm -hmm. So they've gotten this whole social media angle down, the whole marketing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's hard to keep up. And it used to be shucks. Um, I can't seem to find any black designers. Where are they? Well, now the only thing you need to know how to do is Google. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we we can put that. <laughs> we all know how aside. to use the interweb. <laughs> yeah, the inter- yeah. yeah. Yep. exactly. Well, and look at that contrast. I mean, again, 
stationary letterhead when you started your business, <laughs> hoping somebody would open their mail. Exactly. And and back then we all opened our mail. Um, <laughs> but now it may be a, a week in between. I go check my mailbox. I, exactly. You know, except for you know Christmas, looking for holiday cards, <laughs> things like that. But that's a great that's a great point. They are on it. It's really amazing to see this next generation. Yeah. It really is. So, But beyond that, they can only promote themselves so far. Mm-hmm. You know, self-promotion can only go so far. So mm-hmm. how could we support the next generation sure. or even this generation? Invitations to participate in uh, shows, you know, home shows, those show houses that mm-hmm. go up all the time. Yeah, that's a... That's... I never see any black representation in those show houses. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. You know? Uh, Have you ever been invited to one? No. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, uh, add more designers to creative teams. Mm. Okay. You know, construction companies mm-hmm. can add. You know, I mean, I'm talking about the large scale yeah, construction yeah, yeah, companies. Yeah, sure, you sure. Know, seek out those. There are a mm-hmm. lot of students who are majoring in engineering, structural mm-hmm. engineering, you know. Add to those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, increase visibility in shelter magazines. Mm-hmm. That's where there's a dearth of representation. You know. You know it. That's that's very interesting about the shelter magazines. Mm-hmm. That's a that's uh, we're all want to be published. Mm-hmm. There's wonderful projects out there, mm-hmm. but that's a great way to give that hand up. Easy you know, way. and and again, if it's Black designer, white designer, Asian designer, mm-hmm. Latin designer. To your point, you can only self-publish so much. Mm-hmm. But every designer that gets published, boy, they get a a nice hand up. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a very uh, um, helpful thing. Yeah. And regardless, I mean, that's kind of the goal. Yeah, that is that's the goal. what. And and for our listeners out there that are thinking about hiring a designer. Any designer that works on your project, really in the back of their head, when they tell you, that's what they're thinking, is I'm going to make this worth it in a magazine. Exactly. That's that's what a designer wants to do. And that's why um, I call it portfolio ready. Mm-hmm. If the project is not portfolio worthy, rather, mm-hmm. uh, why bother? When mm-hmm. you get to a certain yeah, stage sure, sure. in your career. Sure. You know. But, you know, until those changes come about, I just encourage all designers, you know, to just keep your head down, work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the publicity. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do your best work and you're proud of that work, it'll come to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it may come to you in the form of great clients, mm-hmm. you know. Have great yeah, clients. A it, job well done. A job yeah. well done. Mm-hmm. You know, your firm will continue to grow. Mm-hmm. You can help other designers, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great advice, regardless of uh, ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really how 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 business works. Yeah, that's just how it works. So, you know, you had an incredible honor, and um, um, you designed uh, the National Museum of African American Music, located here in Nashville, and. Uh, and it wasn't only a really major and important design job, but also historic. So you were published in El Decor. 
And um, what they shared was the museum's expansive public and private spaces are meant to enhance the experience and visitors and capture the spirit of black music. That's heavy. So walk us through how you develop the design and just, just tell us about that project. Cause really that's one of the most major projects in the history of Nashville. And especially in recent memory, that's a feather in the cap, the fifth and Broadway development Mm -hmm. that that's a feather in that cap. Uh, So walk us through that. I was honored to be um, a part of that project. I worked on it for nearly three years. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was a no a, sleepless nights, I'm sure, either. Oh, a lot of sleepless <laughs> nights. There there were times when I didn't have a day off for probably three weeks in a row. Wow. Yeah, because COVID hit. Mm. And that just threw a wrench. Fun times. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was fun times, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm. Um, wouldn't change it for the world. I was... Um, uh, approached by Harold Thompson, who mm. was the project architect okay. for the museum. And, and you know, this project was unique because uh, 90% of the design and construction mm. team were made up of African-American firms. Wow. Yes. Wow. So That's probably historic in and of itself. It's historic in and of itself, but it also underscores everything that we talked about mm-hmm. today. It sure does. That it doesn't matter, you know, what color? We're not looking for set asides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're looking, you know, for the prime real estate, just mm-hmm. like everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. And so this project was an opportunity to showcase our talent. Yeah, how cool. Yeah, how cool was that? And um, so, yeah, so I was uh, approached to lead the interior design of function. And one of the things that we wanted to keep in mind when working on this project was we didn't want to upstage the exhibit area, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The amazing interactive exhibit area. And that was designed by Gallagher mm-hmm. and Associates. Okay. They uh, also designed the Tennessee State Museum. Mm, which is beautiful yeah, their, as well. Their interactive yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. piece. So so that was great. So what, what we wanted to do was set a stage. When you walk in to the museum, you knew you were in a special place, mm. right? Mm. And I've heard people comment, oh, my God, I started crying, Donna, when I walked into mm. the upper lobby. I was like, you know, what do you say? Like, yeah, wow, yeah. thank you. But yeah. but I wanted people to feel uh, enveloped in mm. warmth mm. and knew that this was a place for everyone mm. and that you could be comfortable. You could come in um, and hang out on the Palladium seating all day, no charge, you know. The only uh, charge for admissions is when you go into the exhibits. The exhibits, yeah. Um, this space had um, uh, a few... Areas where we had to really uh, pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, um, the clients had a diverse need mm-hmm. because not only was um, the main lobby entrance a place of a transition, but also a place of rentals in mm-hmm. the evening. Oh yeah, yeah, it's an event space, right? Yeah, it's an event yeah, space. Yeah. I've been to an event there. Have you really? Yep. Yep. Have you really? Yep. 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 So, um, and what what I wanted to do with that was to make it a transformative space. Mm-hmm. So. You may or may not realize that you're really in a basement when you go into the museum. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've heard uh, feedback, Donna, you made it feel like it wasn't a basement. Mm-hmm. And we did that by using creative lighting. Mm. 
So we used a lot of RGB lighting in the ceiling. And if you notice on the walls, so I, I envisioned, say it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And that organization wanted to hold an event. Mm. The whole lobby can turn pink, pink. in a moment. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Oh, oh, yeah. Or if it's Prince's birthday. Mm-hmm. Purple. Turns purple. Right? Mm. So Love for that. it to be multifunctional. Mm-hmm. You know, um, an, another uh, consideration that we had to deal with was the low ceilings. Mm. You know, there were physical limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, creative lighting was used, you know, to help offset that because it was it's underground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you have people driving overhead. And there's no, like, that's, I mean, there's some non-negotiables in these types of big, big projects. Non-negotiables. Yeah. you That's your job to figure out how to make that work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, or you start out thinking that you have one room that's a 14 mm-hmm. foot high ceilings. And, and this is how I actually won the contract <laughs> to lead the design. I did a, a mock-up oh, for cool. their green room area. Oh, cool. And at the time I thought we had these really high ceilings. Yeah. But by the end of and everybody the, loves a high ceiling. Right. <laughs> so I had these beautiful renderings and I showed them all what we could do. And now the ceilings are seven feet two. Because of the mechanicals you know, mm-hmm. when you're underground. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we had to use some brain cells to figure out how how we could, you know, work with that. Make that awesome. Yeah. And it really yeah, this turned out. It turned out really nicely. Um how cool. Yeah. How cool. Mm-hmm. So three years mm-hmm. in the making, mm-hmm. uh, obviously a very in-depth project. Mm-hmm. What did it, how did you feel the first time you went into the space finished? It was the gala, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I get foot clumped easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so this was a, uh, the evening of the Black Tie Gala, the mm-hmm. grand opening gala, which was last June, mm-hmm. right? They had the red carpet yep. out. They had the media. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I walked through the front upper lobby. We call it the Grand Foyer. Mm-hmm. And all the lights are on and people are in long gowns oh, yeah. and looking good. And I just see everybody. Doing what we wanted them to do, doing mm. what we envisioned wow. for them to do. Wow. They were mingling. There was a band mm. in the corner. There were servers, mm. you know, mm-hmm. sharing cocktails. And it's what your mind's eye had seen. It, it, I totally had seen yeah. it. Yeah, totally. Uh, probably a thousand times. Oh, a million times, yeah. right? Yeah. And I stood at the top of the Grand Foyer, like Miss Miss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, just welcome at, to my yeah, home. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Doggone it. Welcome. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's just a great feeling. It was a great evening. And I feel, okay, we did it. We did yeah. it. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that's really, we've had a lot of guests, but that's really a monumental landmark that will be here long after both you and I aren't here. Long after. I mean, it is a a huge thing. Huge thing. And that's why the choice of materials and finishes were so important. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's crafted very well. And I hope that the the selections that we made withstand the test of time. And I think they will. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so so awesome. Congrats. Okay. Well, Tell me something, you know, what are you up to? 
What does Donna do for fun right now? Tell us something that you want our audience to know. Well, I can tell you this. I uh, love the arts. I think you may have mentioned that mm-hmm. um, before. And I had the... Uh, and I have the privilege of serving on the Metro Nashville Public Arts Committee. And during COVID, uh, they realized that artists weren't getting the opportunities that they normally would mm-hmm. have because all the festivals were it was so hard. On yes, so yeah, hard. On so hard. So they committed to purchasing seventy works of art from local des- uh, artists here in Nashville. Wow. Yes. So they did this open call for artists, and I was the chair of their uh, selection panel. Oh, how cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. We had to go through hundreds of submissions, <laughs> narrowed it down to 70, right? <laughs> and these 70 artists were paid for their work. Oh, okay? man, that's awesome. Yeah, so the city purchased that art, mm-hmm. and they placed it in two uh, libraries here mm-hmm. in Nashville, the Madison Library and the Nashville Public Library um, Southeast Branch, right? How cool. Okay, so if you are looking for original art, to put in your house, you mm-hmm. have an empty wall. Mm-hmm. Go to either of those branches. The oh, Mac- so you can purchase it or you can bid on it? No. Oh, you, no. <laughs> no. You go in there and you show your library card mm-hmm. and you check it out and you get to put it in your house. What? For three months. Yes. You're kidding me. I kid you not. Wow. Okay. No. That is about the coolest thing no. I've ever heard. It's called the Lending Art Lab. So they're going to wow. lend, lend you the art for three Now months. that name makes complete Doesn't sense. Doesn't it make sense? So they're lending this art out to anybody in Nashville with a public uh, library card, right? Wow. Yeah. That's all you do. It's the best project I think I've ever worked on. It's really, That is really the cool. coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what a smart idea. It's brilliant. It wasn't my idea, but whoever came up with it, it's brilliant. And so we hope that we wow. can expand to other communities because let me tell you this, the art that you see, say in Madison, mm-hmm. some of those artists live in that area. Yeah. So you may run into them at the store, you That's know, it, so cool. and it begins a dialogue. Yeah. And if you take that art home. Talk about giving a hand up. Talking about yeah. giving a hand up is right. That's amazing. Now see, that's government at workforce. That is. is that is it so is. smart. That's one of the best things I think I've heard in a long time. Yeah, I was so excited when I heard about it. And um, when you take this your piece home and you love it so, and mm-hmm. you really don't want to give it back, mm-hmm. but you really have to, mm-hmm. you can call the, the artist. artist. You have all their yep. information, and that's how we're helping artists yeah, because right. we're expanding. Well, yeah, we're trying to expand their reach. That is so cool. Yeah. So, that is so cool. Yeah, so, yeah. so please check it out. Yeah. It's the Lending I, I, Arts Library. We're going to check that out. We're going to do what we can to help support that, too. Okay. Donna, you, as always, have been incredible. Um, absolutely have loved this conversation. But now it is time for Rapid Fire. All right. Our first Rapid Fire. We've changed it up a little bit going into Season 4. Okay. Um, so, favorite book or book you're currently reading or book you'd like to recommend? My favorite book is The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Have you not read that? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Oh, my Lord. And then she had a sequel, Circe, C-I-R-C-E. Okay, if you love a good Greek, Mm. you know, base story, but it's really a love story. Yeah, okay. At the heart of it. And you will be crying and crying and crying. It's just good. Okay. It's so, so good. Ooh, okay. Uh, So, and, uh, but I'm currently reading, if you wanted to know, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Have you heard of that? Mm. Well, see, my daughter's a voracious reader. So her, her uh, New Year's resolution is to read 100 books this year. So, 
Good for her. Yeah, she's she's already hit nine the first three weeks of the year. Yeah, she's she's going to hit that. Yeah, she's either, yeah, that's her yeah, goal. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> and uh, so do you have one you'd like to recommend as well? Oh, I recommend the Song of Achilles. Perfect. Yeah, or. or where the crawdads sing. I have, have you, read that. Have you read? See, is I that have, not worth recommending? Yep, is yep, that not yep, good? Yep, yeah, I have read that. But um, the song of Achilles, if you haven't read it, or Circe, those two, I think. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read like that. A, okay. Okay. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. What's your favorite beach? It's got to be Hawaii, right? Yeah. It's the it's Lanai, Hawaii. It's you can see it if you're in Maui. It's a mm. little small private island. It used to be the Dole Plantation. Oh, yes, yes. My wife's been there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my wife's been there. Okay. She said that Dole Plantation was amazing with the pineapples and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't know if they're – are they still farming there? Uh, they? I, I, well, she, she may not have been there, but she went to wherever Dole grows the pineapples in Hawaii, wherever it is in Hawaii, and went on a tour, Uh-oh. and she said it was just amazing. So it used to be. So, so they, okay. they no longer yeah, yeah. are okay. on that yeah. island. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're probably getting a, a pineapple farm up and going is probably something <laughs> that takes a minute. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Okay, this is a good one. What is your favorite room in your house? Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. I think Which I love them all hard. because I built my house, and I built each room and designed each room for a purpose. But I'd say my favorite room is the one that's done, probably the only one that's done. <laughs> it's been eight years, know, you right? said. And I tell people. The cobbler take, has no yeah, shoes. No, the cobbler has yeah, none. Yeah. She's barefoot. <laughs> but uh, I tell people it's going to take me 10 years to finish my house. And I and I think that's going to be true. But I'd say my family room and my kitchen. My family, kitchen's pretty kitchen awesome. Kitchen and family room. Mm-hmm. I, I love. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because it, for me it would be dependent – and um, I think it's so mood driven. But anywhere where you're with your family, yeah, you know? yeah that's yeah. what it is. In our living room too. I mean, that's where the fireplace and piano. Oh, is. nice, nice, yeah. very nice. Yeah, I feel like some nights I'm walking into the Ritz Carlton because my daughter plays uh, jazz piano, so she's oh in there wow, that's awesome. The yeah, and, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, how fun! Yeah, how fun! It's fun. Well, Donna, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing a great perspective on empowering the Black design community. For more information on Donna, you can visit her website, which is DonnaGilliamInteriors.com, and that's G-I-L-L-I-A-M, Interiors.com. And you can also follow her on Instagram at DonnaGilliamInteriors. Check out the show notes for links to follow up or connect with Donna and a and for a list of organizations uplifting black voices in design, architecture, and more compiled by Design Milk. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, I'm your host, Andrew Denny. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share Couture and Construction, and we want to hear your feedback. So please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, Couture and Construction is brought to you by the Textures Nashville team produced by Davis Osborne and Chelsea Rand and is recorded live in the Textures Nashville showroom within the Nashville Design Collective.